Mike Kissarm. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 159 of the KISS FAQ podcast, and perhaps I should say welcome to episode one of the KISS FAQ game show. Today we're going to shake things up as we're reaching the end of 2017, and I want to do something different. I want to do a quiz show, and I want to do this kind of every quarter uh, throughout 2018, get new people on the show who are willing just to test their KISS knowledge and find out if uh, I can stump them. I want, I want to have blank expressions on the screen. Just everyone, we all think we know a lot. We all do know a lot, but do we know what I'm going to ask you? So uh, before we get into the quiz show, I want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, a Kissmas, and hope everyone had a, a cool one, and also a very Happy New Year, as this will be going live over the New Year weekend. I also want to thank Ken, Lonnie, Marcus Almighty, Alex, Alan, Joe, and everyone else who's been a part of the Kiss FQ podcast throughout 2017. Uh, you guys are a big part of making the show what it is, and without you, there wouldn't be any show. I also want to thank all of you people out there who listen to us. I, I think you guys should get the prizes because we have a great conversation. We have no idea what it sounds like to actually listen to a show that we're actually talking to one another. It may be torture, so we thank you for listening because, again, without someone listening to this, we wouldn't probably uh, get together every week. While I'm in the festive giving mood, I want to give a shout out mm-hmm. to some of our fellow podcasts, Podkist, Ages of Rock, Decibel Geek, The Mighty Talking Metal, Kiss My Wax, and that's just to name a few. There are a lot, right, Nils? There are other podcasts that I didn't mention. In there that are list. a lot of podcasts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and maybe you'll tell us a little bit about yours as we go through this. So we're going to go through a quick fire round. I, I'm not going to have this be a three-hour show because that would be torture. We've got 30 questions here, but let's introduce the contestants today. So uh, everyone knows one face, at least. So, Lonnie, just tell everyone a little bit about yourself in case they've forgotten. Contestant number one. I am Lonnie Weissauer. I'm from St. Louis. Lifelong KISS fan, basically. Um, favorite album is Revenge. And I'm a fan of a lot of sports teams that aren't very good right now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Nils, I, I should probably have gone to you first as you stayed up very late. So just tell the people a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Nils. I'm uh, from Norway. Um, uh, I have uh, also a pod- podcast. We're just on uh, on YouTube, but it's called Destroyer Live, and it's the podcast for Kiss Army Sweden. And uh, most episodes are in Norwegian and Swedish, but we have do have some in English also. So just check them out. They're, they're pretty cool, the ones we have in English. And, um, yeah, I worked with both Kiss Army Norway and Kiss Army Sweden for a lot of years. Done some book covers for Julian. Yeah, awesome book covers. Thank you very much. <laughs> which, ones have you, which ones have you done? Um, the Soul Album uh, cover and uh, the Elder Odyssey uh, nice. cover. Very nice. And you managed yeah. to keep the secret one secret. Good job. <laughs> if if you come um, to if you come to the Atlantic Expo, you'll find out the third one. 
All right, and uh, our final contestant on the panel, Gavin, uh, who we're just meeting for the first time today. So thank you very much for being a late addition to the show. Tell us, everyone, a little bit about yourself. Thank you. Uh, my name is Gavin. I'm uh, based in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been a KISS fan since I was, I think, seven. Uh, it was 96, so right at the start of the whole reunion tour thing. And um, I'm a musician myself, uh, thanks in no small part to uh, the influence that KISS had on me. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I play drums. I'm in a group named Bent Knee. We tour nationally and a little bit in Europe. Um, and yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Excellent. Well, thank you for San Francisco. I mean, so you're probably two blocks away and I could be shouting the questions <laughs> at you, right? <laughs> well, I'm actually, in, I'm in San Leandro to be precise, but I'm, I, I am in the Bay Area. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for everyone out there, we don't have a buzzer and this is Skype. So we really don't have the technology um, to do a buzzer. So what we're going to do here as I go through these questions, whoever sticks their thumb up and blocks their camera first is going to be assumed to be the one who wants to answer the question. Correct answers will get five points. Wrong answers. Okay. Well, I'm not a Grinch, so I won't take any points away. I will take five points away if you stick your thumb up and you don't have an answer. How about that for just okay. a little bit of pressure? Uh, and again, there will be a prize given to the winner at the end, but we'll uh, make you go through the torture first before we get there. Right? You guys ready? You want to get into this? Oh, yes. All right. Well, sure. let's do this. All right. Question number one. Let's shock the people. This rapper introduced the reunited kiss at the 38th. All right. Gavin got that one. Who is Tupac Shakur? All right, you are correct. Five points to you, sir. Hey, you want a bonus of five points? Mm -hmm. What was the award that uh, he was pre uh, presenting and who won it? Uh, oh, wasn't the award Video of the Year? Nope, sorry. Nope. It, it was Damn. actually uh, the best pop performance by a duo or a group with a vocal, and it was, oh. won, it was won by Hootie and the Blowfish. And That's I'm, right. I am right. fortunate that I do not have a sample of that to play anyone. So. <laughs> Here's a great question that was submitted by um, someone who responded to my request for questions, and it was, uh, who has written more individually credited songs on Kiss albums, Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley? Lonnie. Paul Stanley. Wrong. Ah! <laughs> Nils or Gavin, do you want to take a blast at that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Nils on that one. You're both kind of hedging. So, uh, Nils. Gene. You're Gene. Right. Yeah, according to this person's count, Gene has 32 individual credits, um, solo credits on Kiss albums versus Paul's 24. And you want to know something? Yeah. That's su That surprised me. That's substantial. I, I thought it was going to be Paul. Yeah. All right. Yeah, me too. This is probably going to be an easy one, but Kiss Meets the Phantom was filmed at which amusement park? California. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Magic Mountain. Very good. I'll be driving by that next week if it's still there. Oh. It hasn't burned down. Mm. All right. Ron Nevison left one song unfinished during the recording of Crazy Nights. What was its title? Nils. Hide Your Heart? Wrong. Lonnie. Sword and Stone. Wrong. <laughs> and for the points... Uh... <laughs> uh, I don't know. All right. 
Are You Always This Hot was left unfinished. Mm. And in, oh. the demo of that song is going to be on the Gene Simmons Vault. And if you want more information about that product, and of course the first Vault experience is taking place next Saturday, that's uh, January the 7th, or is it the 6th? Whatever. Yeah, next Saturday, the first uh, Saturday of January in Los Angeles, and I will be there. And if you're there, I hope to meet you. All right, let's move on. Whose 1978 solo album was the only one not to include a cover recording? Gavin. Paul's. That's yeah. right. Jeans, of course, had When You Wish Upon a Star, Ace, mm-hmm. uh, well, New yeah. York Groove, and yeah. Peter mm-hmm. Tosson and Turner. Awesome. All right, let's stay in 1978. And actually, I better add your point, Gavin. There we go. <laughs> uh, Whose is the most successful of the solo albums during the sound scan era? And that means sales since 1991 in the U.S. Nils. Ace? Correct. Nice. Followed by Gene. Interesting. It, it, go, it goes uh, kind of the order that one would expect it with uh, Peter being a little bit behind <laughs> everyone else's. All right. So um, another 1978 question. Whose 1978 solo album charted for the shortest period on the U.S. Billboard album charts? Nils. Peter? Wrong. Ah. Gavin. Paul's? Correct. Just 18 weeks on the charts. Wow. Even Peter's managed 20 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Those two singles? Well, it took it took two singles to get him twenty weeks. Songs? There you go. Yeah, fair. Yeah. So uh, you know that's yeah. one of the facts and one of the things that you can read about in uh, Tim and my Gene Ace, Peter and Paul book, with of course the cover done by Nils. Yeah. So uh, I think the, <laughs> the last one, uh, the last question uh, out of 1978 is uh, this drummer, who died in January 2017, performed on one song, on Ace's solo album. Do you know his name? <sighs> Gavin. It's not Cozy Powell, is it? It is not. No. I've got blank faces. You yeah, us. blank. Yeah. I think you got us. I feel like the jackass at the pub quiz. There we go. <laughs> um, Carl Tallarico. Oh. Okay. And he was uh, okay. he, he was a friend of uh, Aces going back to the days in the Bronx growing up. All right. So uh, let's talk about favorite solo albums quickly. Nils. What was your favorite? Who's your uh, Who's your Kool Aid? Uh, it used to be Ace, but uh, right now it's actually Jeans. Very diverse album, Gavin. What about you? I, I'd say for me, it would it would be Aces. Um, that was the I I got that pretty early on in my you know Kiss album getting experience. Uh, that was back when I thought I was, was like nine. I thought that. All four guys played on everyone's solo album, but they just let, you know, Ace shine for a while or Peter shine for a while. And I specifically remember thinking, wow, Peter sounds better on this album than he has on any <laughs> other one. And then I learned that, of course, uh-huh. Anton Fig. Um, but yeah, I'd say Ace with Jeans being close. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a guy who's firmly in the Paul Stanley solo album, followed by Ace's. Lonnie, how about you? 
Yeah, as a kid, it was Ace Frehley's. A kid or a teenager, I guess it was Ace Frehley's. And as I've gotten older, it's really become Paul Stanley's to me. I, I think it's a masterpiece. I love to stick them all in a playlist and randomize them and just listen to them all. The, uh, you know, 40 years later, I enjoy them a lot more than I did when I was, you know, a teenager. All right. Yeah. Let's move into the next batch of questions. Which member's autobiography was the least successful on the New York Times bestseller list? Lonnie, you got there first, and maybe you can get some points. Ace Frehley. Wrong. <clears throat> Gavin. Uh, Peters. Wrong. Ooh. So uh, there's only two left, Nils. Take a stab. <laughs> has to be Gene, though. It is. Gene's only reached number 14 on the bestsellers list. It? Aces yeah. went to 10. Um, Peters went to 7. And Paul Stanley slayed them all, hitting number two. So there, there you go. Surprising. Gene's was timing, I guess. Yeah, his was first. It came out yeah. the wrong time. And I, and, yeah, I, and it was first. And it was first. Yeah, and yeah, and you could say uh, it, it was the first one. And he's had a lot of books since. And I, I stopped following where they ended up on the Walmart bestseller list. But uh, <laughs> of course, you mean you're not buying on power. <laughs> No, I didn't buy. I, mean, I saw Me Ink in uh, Amoeba in San Francisco for like three bucks, and I left it there. There. So, <laughs> wow. I, all right. So let's just go through the points here. Uh, yeah. Who, who got hey. that one? Was that you, mm, Gavin? Me. No, Nils got oh, that. No, so. no, no, no. All right. So we're here. We go. Here's a, a recap on the points right now. We have Gavin on 15 points, Nils on 20 points, and Lonnie. Like his, team, like his teams? <laughs> just, just like all my favorite sports teams. No good. <laughs> all right. This gentleman managed Vinnie Vincent, Ace Frehley, and Peter Chris in addition to working Gavin. Who's George Sewitt? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, so surprisingly, he was uh, managing both Ace and Peter while the reunion was getting going, and you can read all about those shenanigans in uh, various books. All right, here's uh, The Power of the Ezrin Compels Me. Bob Ezrin left one incomplete track for revenge. What is its name? Lonnie. Do you want to touch me now? That is right. Dave the Snake Sabo co-written song. Only a, oh, wow. Only a bed track was completed for that song. And no lead vocals or lead guitar. So it's not that good. <laughs> uh, no, totally. It sounds fantastic sonically, but it clashes with the overall dynamic of the rest of the material on the album. All right. Also on that album, Eric Singer's drums were replaced by another drummer on one track. Name the drummer. And for a bonus, Nils got there. Uh, Kevin Valentine. Correct. And the track? Um, tough love. Nope, Lonnie. Take it off. Correct. For five Ouch. points, Lonnie is on the board. That's a little round of applause. All That's right. Two. What was it? Two? Did I forget to give you points? Yeah, you're oh, screwing me, just like the refs. Oh, like the refs screwing the Bengals. I'm sorry. The, the fix is obviously in. NFL quality refereeing is affecting moderating. All right, so uh, 
the next Kiss album that Kevin turned up on, he played on every song except one. Name the album and the track. Lonnie's there. Psycho Circus Into the Void. Boom. Oh. That takes you up to 20 points. Quickly, he turns his season <laughs> around. Lonnie, were you surprised when you found out that Ace and Peter barely performed on that album? I was, because I had heard rum. I guess I had heard rumblings even before it came out. But I yeah. didn't want to believe it. And the band denied it. And the band denied it at the time, and they said, no, you know, we can't believe these foraneous reports. It is the four of us. And I remember listening to a radio show... Um, couple days before it came out and they previewed a lot of the tracks on the album and i heard them all for the first time a couple days before it came out and like they go like it was kind of like set up like the way Rockline was back in the day where they play a song and then they talk to the band and then they play a song and like the four of them are in the studio and they're joking around and they played um journey of a thousand years and gene goes i really like at the end of that song how peter goes bum, 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 bum. and i just like and i thought yeah, it's the four of them. I don't care. Everybody's an ass. Everybody's stupid but me. This is them <laughs> playing. And I and then you know, when the truth came out, yeah, I was disappointed. I was crushed that it wasn't them because I knew that we'd never get the opportunity again for the four of them to make an album together. Yeah, so no, I was mad when I when I, I was mad when I learned when I accepted the truth. I guess I should say. Nils, what about you and Psycho Circus? You know, did it bother you? Uh... It, it it doesn't really bother me, but uh, it's like there was so much uh, online before the record came out, so you, I more or less expected it. So, and if you if you listen to Peter during the re- reunion tour, I'm actually quite happy that it isn't him. <laughs> oh, br- <laughs> oh, brutal! Damn. <laughs> and and Gavin, I, I just want to get your thoughts on Psycho Circus, the album, yeah. and uh, whether you were surprised by the substitutions or the material, for that matter. Well, I, I was 10 when it came out. So I, as a 10-year-old, fully believed everything they said. You know, I was like, oh, it, it's them. It's new. It's the first Kiss album that I'm conscious of it coming out. And I'm kind of following the band at this point. Um and I loved it, and I still have. It's it's one of those Kiss albums that has a big sentimental spot for me. Uh, but upon learning about the the kind of the substitutions, it makes sense because there's uh, I'm a drummer myself, and and there are a lot of things that really sound like Eric Singer on specifically the song Psycho Circus, right? And, and was that Eric mm-hmm. or was that actually Valentine? That was Valentine, well, apparently. Was but Kevin. but oh, they, wow. they they were they were friends growing up, so it's not not surprising okay. that those two sound somewhat similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved it at the time. And, and by the time that I learned that there were substitutions, I kind of figured that there would be anyway, given, you know, Dynasty and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, was was Suit still their, their manager then? I think he I think he was or maybe getting pushed into the background by then. I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure. He, he doesn't uh, do interviews. So there'd be a lot of questions that I would love to ask him if I could ever get him on a podcast or for him to be on any podcast for that matter. I just know that I cannot escape the uh, the curse of being online, and my review of Psycho Circus is still on the internet, and I can't scrub it because <laughs> I thought Peter Chris's drumming was the best he'd done in years. Uh, <laughs> I, you, you, you know, you, you can you can never erase anything that you've done online, whether it's a tweet or a review, and that's always good to remember. Um, 
All right, let's move on because uh, I'll have some more questions for you guys as we go through some more of these. All right, here we go. Kiss was kicked off this band's tour in 1974. Nils. Black Sabbath? Wrong. Oh. God gave rock and roll. Gavin? Oh, oh, uh, um, uh, <laughs> no, Nazareth. Not Nazareth. No, no Lottie. Nazareth. Lottie's ah, going to... Yeah, that is right. Yeah. And uh, there's some great stories in uh, Nothing to Lose and a, a lot of the earlier Kiss books. Uh, I think the original Kiss crew may have talked about it, about locking... Uh, I think his name was Solomon in the road, road case, in the, uh, the road anvil case, and uh, finally just getting... Uh, thrown off that tour of course they did come back in 1991 and cover argent's god gave rock and roll to you too and turned it into a pretty good song didn't they mm. all right which member of kiss was a member of a band named smack i hope there are people screaming at the screens now the answers yeah Get some better contestants. These three are more. <laughs> I feel like I'm losing my Kiss fan card with every question. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward oh, to oh. the response video. Right. The, the, well, when, the people that get mad, the people that get mad need to come on the next time you do this, Julian. <laughs> your money where your mouth is. Okay. All right. Uh, he's going to give it a shot. All right, Nils. Thank you, guys. Um, Ace. Wrong. It was actually Eric Carr. One of his oh. early bands before, of course, joining Kiss <laughs> later. So right now we have Gavin on 20 points, Nils on 25, and Lonnie has surged to 25 points as well. So that is how we are looking. We got a game. We got a game going here. All right. Kiss it. <laughs> this is one that doesn't favor anyone on this screen. Kiss has had two number one hits in Canada. Marcus Almighty would know the answer. Mark. <laughs> um, I Was Made for Loving You was one. What was the other? Gavin. It wasn't Crazy Crazy Nights, was it? No, the Canadians are not that bad. <laughs> Lonnie. Guy gave rock and roll to you? Nope. Even the power of okay. Ezrin could not compel them either. I like that one. I'm going to stick with it. Nils, if you want to take a blast at it, go for it. Take a stab. Oh, well, what can be? Put all those generalizations about what you know about Canada into one song. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hear your stereotype of Canada. It's lot like Norway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what could it be? Do, 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 do. Five, four, three, two, one. Uh, love again? Nope. Close. Shout it out loud. Oh, oh. Okay. all right. Go figure. I, when I was looking through the charts, that one kind of jumped out at me. I was like, what? Went to number one in Canada? There you go. Early do you know, do you know what's a, Do you know what uh, Kiss song that's charted the highest in Norway? Um, I Was Made for Loving You. No. Shandy? No. Yeah. No. Kiss Unholy. Kiss Unholy. Wow. Wow. 
Good choice. Why does that not I don't surprise me? If it was number one or two, but uh, one of them. <laughs> Considering some of the really happy bands that come out of Scandinavia, um, <laughs> I, I, I guess that really shouldn't be too surprising. Uh, you know, there you go. All right, let's keep on the singles for a minute. Beth or Forever, Kiss's highest charting U.S. single. Gavin got there. Beth. Correct. Hit number seven, Forever, one point, one place behind it at number eight in 1990. Uh, which one do you prefer? Beth. You take I Beth? Beth. Yeah. I, I was actually listening to my playlist through that on me in the car the other day, and usually I hit skip, but I actually sang it oddly. Which nice. you know really tortured everyone who was in the car. They didn't want to hear me How sing. Was it? They didn't want to hear me sing, and they didn't want to hear Beth. <laughs> All right, this one's a little bit more pop culture-ish, and uh, this artist kept Kiss from the number one spot with their Sonic Boom album in 2009. Who was the killjoy, Lonnie? Michael Bublé. That is right. He bumped up the release of his Crazy Love album. To benefit from his appearance on Oprah, he probably saw Kiss and said, ah, that's an easy number one for me. I was pissed. <laughs> I was pissed when that happened, and I was friends with my wife at that point. We weren't even dating yet, but I was friends with her, and she's quite a bit young. She's several years younger than I am. And I said, Becky, this is in your wheelhouse. I go, who the hell is Michael Bublé? And she knew who it was. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm so glad that you said his surname because uh, I don't know who he is, and I had to Google to see how to pronounce his surname in case I had to say it. So there, there we go. Sonic Boom. What do you, What do you think? Is uh, Is it a good album, Lonnie? I like it. Um, I like it better than Monster, and that might not be. I know probably a lot of people I know like Monster better than Sonic Boom, but I'm I'm a fan of Sonic Boom. Um, I still listen to it regularly. I I enjoy it. A whole lot more than I enjoy Monster, and I think that um, songs are good. I think it stands up as a good Kiss album. I wish it was the, I wish Sonic Boom would have been, or I wish Psycho Circus would have been something to, in the vein of Sonic Boom anyway. No, yeah. what about you? Do you do you like these two uh, most recent Kiss albums, and do you have a preference of one uh, over the other? I I love Sonic Boom. I think Sonic Boom is their best album since Lick It Up. And. Uh, actually really like monster also i just hate the mastering of it mm, i agree with it's you a, it's a it's a uh, i can listen to it on my uh, iphone but it's impossible to listen to because of the mastering on if you want to play it loud at home so yeah it, it's a real shame because it's got some for me it's got some stunning tracks on it long way down yeah. is one of the best written kiss songs in many many years for me uh the devil is me and uh right here right now of course which mm -hmm. i i just can't believe that they would have left that off an album gavin what what about these two albums for you they're the probably the two that i've spent the least amount of time with and and I, i'm due for a re-listen on both of them actually um but i i would i would say that they you know if, if i'm reaching for a kiss album it's it's most likely not either of those. Um, I, I like some of the tracks on them. You know, I, uh, you know, you mentioned Long Way Down. I think that's a good song. And, and uh, uh, Modern Day Delilah, Double Is Me, stuff like that. But yeah, they're not, not, on my, not on the top of my list. Fair enough. All right, here we go with uh, the next question. 
this first initial eh, I have to try and speak. The first official merchandise to use the KISS band members' aura colors was. And uh, Nils probably has interviewed Dennis Woolock and will know the answer to that immediately. Gavin. Okay. Wrong. Mm. Okay. Nils. Uh, uh, from what I remember, it was uh, badges or pins, I think, wasn't yeah. it? That's right. The stick, uh, the oh, yeah. sig- the signature pins. It was the oh, packaging okay. that yeah. first used the red, green, blue, and purple. And uh, Dennis ha- has said in various interviews how he just arbitrarily kind of assigned colors to them. Uh, Gene Simmons' blood red was a giveaway. Yeah. Um, P- uh, Paul was the oh. most difficult with uh, passion, and he said, "Oh, purple goes with passion." What do you remember yeah. him saying, Nils? Anything similar on, along yeah, those lines? Yeah, he said. Uh, say, uh, he has said it to me three or four times. <laughs> so it's like, but uh, our, it was the the first time he did it, and um, it, it wasn't it for the backgrounds or something like that. I I don't rem- it, I, I don't remember. I know he he said that he then uh, thought that it'd be a good idea for Eduardo uh, Caraguti to you know use yeah. kind, kind of the colors on the design of the. Uh, the solo album cover so it's, it's all 1978 that that it kind of came I, I that's one of the things that stuck in my mind from our interview with him for the uh the gap book which i you know just struck me as very cool as i remembered those uh kind of colors so all right let's move on to the next question this famed session drummer replaced Derek carr on two songs on music from the elder gavin alan schwartzberg that's right yeah i learned that in your book Oh, thank you very much. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tim knocked it out of the park for, on the Odyssey book. Absolutely stunning. And, uh, you know, obviously he's uh, the vast majority of the work that went into that and the Gap book were the interviews that he did. So, Tim, it's it's still uh, I'm still impressed by everything that he accomplished with those. All right. Mark St. John performed live with Kiss during shows in three cities in November 1984. Oh. Name, oh. name one of those cities. Uh, Gavin. Pittsburgh. Wrong. Lonnie. Baltimore. Correct. Yes. And, oh. and of course, uh, Poughkeepsie and Binghamton, New York, where I used to live. Poughkeepsie. So, so. Yeah. I knew it was a piece of You said that on, said that on so. the show if I could have any one soundboard, it would be one from those shows, especially the ones where Bruce oh, yeah. plays half and Mark plays half, because while there are audio audience recordings from two of them, uh, they're not the greatest quality. And I'd really love to hear Mark actually what he was doing and compare with Bruce just for the sake of it, because, uh, you know, two and a half shows is not much for mm-hmm. your Kiss career. All right. Which member of KISS toured as a member of the Andrea True experience prior to joining the band? And if you don't know who Andrea True is, more, more, more. How do you like it? Nils. Chris Kulik? That is right. You can go on YouTube right now and see a picture of him on, uh, what is it, Don Kirshner? Him with all his glory with the former adult actress. Our next question. Did Vinnie Vincent save Kiss? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Named Bill Coin's original managing partner of Kiss through Rocksteady. 
Nils. Sean Delaney? Wrong. I like the straining sounds. It's like... (laughs) I think we've got both of you stumped, so I'm going to put you out of your misery so we can move on. It is Joyce Beowitz. Who became Mrs. Neil Bogart. Mrs. Bogart. That is indeed correct. She would be bought out. Couldn't think of her name, but I knew it was her. Yep. All right. I don't know if 30 questions is going to have been enough, but uh, we're going to keep going because this is flying by. So we might actually have to have a conversation after this. Uh, (laughs) After releasing three singles in the U.S. for the debut album, what was the song chosen to support the second album? As a single. Lonnie. Let me go rock and roll. Boom. You got it. Wow. That's one. That's probably one of the rarest singles in the world. If you're able to find a stock non-promotional copy of that with Hotter Than Hell on the B-side. Lonnie, you're surging into the lead here with 40 points. Nils is a little bit behind you on 30. And Gavin has fallen back on 25 points. Or I've been forget. <laughs> oh. I, I could have been forgetting to add points to everyone, of course, because yeah. I, 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 I think I had like he got, he got, he got caught. Once. <laughs> <laughs> As anyone who watches the Kiss Every podcast knows, Julian Gill is a bit of a putz, and I'm a, I'm not afraid to admit it. All right, since uh, I'm currently promoting Kiss on Tour, the uh, Atlanta edition, and all the individual ones, and naturally we have commercial tie-ins on our podcast because we learned from Gene Simmons. <laughs> Kiss has never performed in two U.S. states. Name one of the states. Gavin. Alaska. Wrong. 1974. Ah. In 2000. Correct. Oh. All right, Lonnie. North Dakota. Wrong. Ah. And Nils, I do apologize for the uh, That's North, tough. North That's American tough. centric. I pruned out all the English questions um, and just focused on America. All right, Nils, g- give it a shot. Give it a shot. South Dakota? No. They nope. ha- they have not performed in Delaware or Vermont. The really? Paul, Paul did open his, uh, his 1989 solo tour at the Stone Balloon in Delaware. And uh, the Kiss Army Spain has just put a, out a book on that tour. So... Uh, I think you can find copies of it at the Kiss Museum, so check it out. It's very, very well Ooh. done. Another question about the Paul Stanley solo tour of 1989. He opened his set with which song? That's like all everyone just smashed their screens. Lonnie. <laughs> I stole your love. You are correct. All right. Gavin and Nils, let's pick it up, guys, because Lonnie's, st- <laughs> Lonnie's starting to stretch his lead out here. All right. Rock and Roll Hell was originally recorded by which Canadian band? Nils. Blackman Turn Rover Direct? Absolutely correct. 1979 Rock and Roll Nights album. And yes, it is a cover, people. Um, Gene did make some minor changes to it so he could get his name on the credits and get a little bit of the publishing because he was kind of hard up for money back then, especially with Diana Ross to take care of. (laughs) All right, speaking of covers, King of the Nighttime World is actually a song written by which band? Oh. Um, There's people screaming right now as they're like, (laughs) Yeah, and I know this. No. 
uh, Hollywood stars or something. That is absolutely correct. Wow. You know, you know, that was one of the shockers uh, from a few years ago that I did not know. And when they shared the original version of that song on YouTube, I was like, wow, kiss can take a piece of crap and make it fantastic because there was, there was absolutely the elements were there in the Hollywood stars version, you know, it, but it wasn't bombastic and big and cinemagraphic and, you know, sorry, Mark Antony, um, you know, Bob Ezrin did wonders with that song, made it absolutely grand. Yeah. But right. there's also another great song on that album, Alice Cooper's Escape. Yes. Isn't oh, it? wow. And that That is true. Oh, yeah. wow. That's a great song. Bob Ezrin. Yeah. Bob Ezrin knows where to get a song if... Uh, <laughs> There you go. So he saw potential in both of them. Yep. All right. So the first of the pre-alive albums to be certified in the U.S. Gold by the RIAA was Gavin. Dress to Kill. That's correct. Congratulations. Yeah, Dress to Kill was the first of the original trio of albums certified gold in the United States in February 1977. Kiss, the debut followed June the 8th. And Hotter Than Hell followed on June the 24th. And that's according to the RIAA database, which has nothing to do with what we think albums sold, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Gavin's now on 30, Nils on 35, and Lonnie's still out there in 45. All right, and the final of these 30 questions. The highest certified album of the KISS 1980s catalog in the United States is everyone. I think that one goes to Gavin, though. I think he just got there first. Animalize. Wrong. Mm. Lonnie, you were next. I was going to say that, so I will go with... Look <laughs> it up. Wrong. Mills. <laughs> You said 1980? 1980s unmasked albums. Okay. Um... Oh! I know. Fuck. Crazy Nights? Wrong. It's actually Smashes, Thrashes, Smashes, and Hits. Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. Wow, yeah. Is, with it's a it, giveaway. Yeah. It's dead with, obvious. With its wonderful, <laughs> yeah. let's put the X and you make me rock hard. And the abomination of Beth is actually double <laughs> platinum certified and wow. actually reached that in 1996. So it's probably up around three million by now because it's just so fantastic, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is actually the end of our, our 30 questions. But before we get to the prize and everything. Let's talk a little bit about Kiss in 2017 for you guys. Um, Nils, how do you rate this year? Have you enjoyed it for what you've seen, what you've experienced? What are your high points as a Kiss fan? Uh, my high point points was the cruise was the high point. Um, because I, I'm front row in the pit every time. So it's like, it, it's just, just amazing standing there. So, And the shows in Europe were great also. Um, it was a quite bad period for me, so it didn't excite me that much. But um, the cruise, the cruise was totally fabulous this year. What are you looking forward to in 2018? Uh, first, 
first the Atlanta Expo and Gene Simmons Vault in in June. I have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, seeing the Gene Simmons band in I'm seeing them in Oberhausen in July and then the cruise again. Wow. Yeah, that sounds so it'll be fun. That sounds very fun. Vinny Vincent and the Vault and G- oh, the Gene Simmons solo band. You know, I, I've said it before how much fun it was to see them perform. Even if some of the things didn't go quite right for me, it was a heck of experience, a great set list. And I, I hope he broadens it up. I hope he brings some of the stuff that he's uh, putting on the vault into the live set yeah. again. He did do Sweet and Dirty Love um, for a couple of the shows earlier this year. So I love him to do Are You Ready? And he's got a great band. I still say it, I say it every time I talk about the Gene Simmons band. He's got to take those boys in the studio. I, will, I want a live release out of him. And I would love to have him hand over some demos to those guys and say, hey, make a catchy, edgy, up-to-date album, and I'll just show up and sing and play bass. Yeah. Let, let them ride it. And let he'll, them do it. He, 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 yeah, he just works there because they're a very talented bunch of musicians, great band, really supportive. Gavin, what were your high points for 2017 as a fan? Uh, well, for me, it was hearing about the cruise because I unfortunately uh, – can't afford to, to be on the boat and, you know, seeing the videos coming back from the cruise, listening to all the podcast uh, recaps, you know, I would have loved to have been there for the Kulik brothers set. Um, uh, also I didn't see him live this year either, unfortunately, but I've been enjoying, and I guess this is more of a 2016 thing, but the, the creatures costumes being back, I always thought those were really, really cool costumes. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm happy to see that Gene Simmons is out there doing the solo thing. Uh, again, I, I missed <laughs> I, I missed him because uh, I, I, I spent about half the year in, in Boston, and he came to Providence, and I, I missed him when he was in Providence because I was on, on the road with, with my group. Um, but uh, I've been enjoying seeing the clips of that. Um, yeah, and as for next year, I'd, I'd also like to see Gene Simmons kind of broaden – broaden his set list a little bit i've been saying for a while that i really want him to play burning up with fever oh, uh, that's, no, yeah that would be a great pick and no That'd one's mentioned that yet on uh, any of the conversations i've had about it so fantastic one to id i think i tweeted yeah. it at him once <laughs> it like, hey, and then he muted you respond or anything but oh maybe <laughs> I don't know. who knows who knows um but uh, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the cruise is next year. Uh, I'm looking forward to them playing the oath at every show they do. Because ah. it's time. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're going to. And I'm looking forward to Ace Frehley being back in the band next year. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Oh, oh. Vinny's, Vinny will be back in circulation next year. So maybe he can come in and save Kiss again, right? There you go. Damn right. Right. Lonnie, <laughs> what about you in 2017? Um, I got to see the Gene Simmons solo band, and that was great. It was one of the, maybe like the third show that they did. I mean, it was just, it was fantastic just hearing Gene and seeing Gene like six feet from me playing Plaster Caster and Love for Sale and Domino and um, Charisma. It's just mind-blowing songs that you never thought that you'd i mean i never thought i'd see a gene simmons solo show i didn't think oh that's just not him to go out and do a solo show 
like a solo short show to me, it worked for Paul Stanley. But to me, like, I just don't know if it works for Gene. But it did work for Gene, and it does work for Gene. I think it's great, and I and I hope that he keeps doing them. Um, I'd love to see him again because it was it was a lot of fun. And then he did a he did a an appearance at the Rock and Brews in St. Louis um, the day after that show, and I got to you know get a couple autographs from him that day. And then earlier in the year, him and Paul Stanley came into town, and they opened up the Rock and Brews in St. Louis. And I did the VIP experience for that, you know, got to to meet both of them, get a couple autographs from them too. So that was, you know, it's always, any KISS fan knows, it's always um, a great experience to meet them. Hence the whole Gene Simmons vault experience, because it is an experience just to meet them. Because to guys like, like us and to guys listening to this podcast, I mean, they're, you know, idols of ours, for lack of a better term, you know? So... For me, those those experiences were great. Um, and also in 2016, I got to meet Julian for the first time, so that was yeah. that was great too. The Rock and Pod Expo down in down in Nashville, and being a part of this podcast is is something I look forward to every week. Also, so, but in 2018, I'm looking forward to Atlanta. It's just a couple weeks away. Vinny Vincent, how freaking awesome is that? And I'm hoping for for some Kiss US dates. I haven't seen them in a couple of years, and I'm. I'm in dire need of a of a nice kiss fix. So yeah. I forgot to mention one thing. I have to have being with Peter Chris in uh, Electric Lady Studios. That was fucking oh, amazing. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. Nice. That I just cannot fathom. You know, you you pull <laughs> you pull up outside Electric Lady, and Derek goes and knocks on the door basically, and you guys get to go into the studio. I mean. How crazy is I mean that's the beginning of history and so much yeah. history so much music history, let alone, you know, kiss in one place. That is absolutely wild. So Yeah, but just 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 the uh, just the atmosphere in in there, it was it's really strange. It's it really felt like walking on holy ground, certainly. It, it it is. I mean, it's it's right up there. Then, like going to Abbey Road, you know, one of those studios yeah. or uh, Polar Studios, uh, where ABBA did a lot of their stuff. You know, they're these amazing studios where so much fantastic music has been created. So, um, you know, for me in 2017, I've I've said it, and I've been celebrating some of the things from 2017 on my Facebook over the last couple of weeks, and it really has all boiled down to my experiences in LA and Nashville. It was meeting people. Mm. It For me, it's been more about getting offline with fellow fans. I love having these conversations on Skype. Don't, don't get me wrong. These are absolutely incredible and fun. But to actually shake hands and just hang out in person like we would have in the old days before technology is so much more validating. And y- you get more out of a person in person than you ever can looking at a screen. And, and nothing can change that. So I am looking forward to Atlanta. And it, yeah, you know, me it, too. I'm going to meet you for the first time, Nils. I'm going to see Lonnie again. Mm-hmm. And hopefully there'll be other folk who've been on our show or other shows that I watch, um, other fans who I interact with, who I can meet. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be really exciting. You know, so no matter what happens with Vinny, I'm all for, you know, it's going to be a positive thing. Uh, you know, I'm hopeful that it's going to be fun, especially for those of us who are traveling quite, you know, quite a distance for it. And, <laughs> and regardless, it's going to be fun with the fans because no matter what, I'm going to have a good time with people. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. And same here. 
for sure. Got room in your suitcase for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Oh. My suitcase is. I do, but I'm not willing to pay extra when it's over 50 pounds. So <laughs> you're going to have to work something out. Yeah, I, I, I got to sort out all my shipping and get everything shipped out to Atlanta next week. And then, of course, um, Gene Simmons, the vault experience, I'm, I'm looking forward to because it's just something weird. It's like, who the hell would actually pay two grand for for that? And I can't wait. I can't wait to rip those songs onto MP3 for my drive back to, you know, San Francisco the day after and actually listen to those. But what Gene doesn't know is that he's actually doing the Gene, the Julian Gill experience because uh, okay. going to get, get to hand deliver him a couple mm. books. All right. So that's 2017, 2018. Who was our champion? Our champion was actually in-house, Lonnie. You took the win, and uh, you've already got what was going to be the prize. So I'm going I'm to send you a $50 Amazon gift certificate so you can get some new music for your travels as you're going to uh, go to Atlanta so that you've got some ear candy to listen to, or you can get your lovely wife something to uh, kind of uh, say sorry for everything that you put it through. <laughs> Amazon, I'm sure, does do fresh flowers, and it's always yeah. good to keep your other half happy when you're a kiss fan. wonders. <laughs> All right, so that's our quiz show. Uh, Lonnie is the champion. We will do this again, and I hope some other podcasts actually get into it as well. If you liked my questions, great. If you didn't, how about you send me some of your great questions, and I will incorporate them into the next Kiss FAQ quiz show. And uh, it was actually tough coming up with questions because I, you know. There we go. You, you guys can tell me offline if you think they sucked, if they were too too hard or too easy. So right now for Nils, for Gavin, and Lonnie and myself, thank you for joining us on the first episode of the KISS FAQ Quiz Show, and we will hopefully see you again soon. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.